Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in temperature. Ah, I was wondering if you'd go that that route. I am still amazed. <laughs> we um, were talking about pool temperatures before we started recording. Yeah, because I would really like to go swimming. My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. I would really mm-hmm. like to go swimming because I'm sweating right now. Toasty. But it's May, and I'm not sure if my pool is the right temperature. And according to the internet, my pool is already too warm (laughs) for a private or public swimming pool, because apparently 65 to 75 is what y'all psychos are swimming in. (laughs) It's like 80 degrees in my pool right now, and I'm like... (laughs) I remember... uh, Too cold. (laughs) My... uh dad used to take me to upstate new york there was a few summers where we went um and his uh girlfriend at the time had family there so we would okay. like go stay in her cabin and yeah and we would visit her family and all that stuff and yeah. they had like an above ground swimming pool they which was do. already kind of a novelty for yes. me because all of my in friends in New York, Phoenix, we all have below ground. Below ground. <laughs> and when I say we all, I mean not all of us, but a lot of people mm, have pools. Yeah. Fly um, over Phoenix, and there's a yeah. lot of blue dots. Yep. Um. So it was already kind of fun to be like, "Ooh, this Ooh, is an above ground pool. pool." I know. But then I got in it, and I was like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Why are we swimming? It's freezing. Why are you guys in the pool? Why? Like, it's freezing cold. Why are you okay right <laughs> they were now?" They're just like, "This is how it is." Yeah. Here, and I was like, "It just, it never feels like a bath." Yeah. No. No. I had a similar and I was experience. A kid, so I. You did it anyway. Got over it. And yeah. I didn't think about the temperature of the pool for the rest of my life until right. I became an adult. Yes. I also would visit my friends on Long Island and they would have above ground pools, which was, again, novelty. Like, what is this? Why is your pool sitting on top of the ground? <laughs> and it's just like a circle. And it's just like, Just one yeah. shape. One shape is what it comes There's in. There's like no diving board. There's like stairs you have to climb up. <laughs> I was like, what is this? You can like bend the sides. Yeah. It was crazy to me. But also the water was freezing yeah. in the height of summer. Anyway, all of that to say, I don't think I'm going swimming today. <laughs> but soon. 85 degrees, I feel like, would be yeah. acceptable temp- water temperature. But um funny enough i fell asleep watching a documentary last night about this woman who was attempting to she wanted the world record attempt for a under ice free dive so she lives in like norway or finland or something Uh ridiculous like that and they literally walk on top of frozen rivers and cut right triangles interesting triangles out of the ice and then swim underneath the ice which what um just by holding a breath and she she swam um so the she had the women's record already she could swim so it's not about going deep no it's, it's about, about going swimming under from yeah from like one triangle to another one triangle to the other without getting lost and then dying underneath the ice because you pass out because you can't find the next triangle right what anyway she, it sounds like a special breed of human being. Yeah, I think I was curious what kind of person. She seemed perfectly sane. I think um, the ocean is already a little ominous, especially <laughs> the super deep parts. Uh-huh. But I feel like it's even more ominous when there's a large layer of ice. When there is no up that you didn't yeah. physically cut. Well, and it's just like, <laughs> it's darker. It's... Yeah, it's freezing. Um, 
<laughs> how do you get into something like that? I don't know. Um, I feel like I can actually tell you how she got into oh, it, which okay. was super interesting. She suffered a horrible injury to her leg. I couldn't look at the pictures because why they shared that. Um, but it left her with severe nerve damage that years and years of all kinds of medical care could not even begin to touch. And she was going crazy because she was in so much pain all the time. And then someone was like, you should try ice baths. Hmm. And so after practicing that for a while, it was the only thing that took away her horrible nerve pain from her leg injury. And, it, you know, at first she like put in her le- her injured leg. And then once that was comfortable, then she was putting in her other leg. And next thing she knew, she was swimming in frozen water for fun. Um and turns out she could hold her breath for a really long time. So she was the world record holder. She could swim 50 meters in one breath along underneath ice from one triangle cut out of the ice to the next. The men's record was 80 meters. So she wanted to beat that. And then on her record try, which I fell asleep for, but then I woke up at the end of, um, she made it 103 meters wow. in one breath, which is just an incredible I do that's feel incredible. like I do feel like something that would be helpful about trying to hold your breath in freezing cold water is that when your body goes in the water you sort of naturally just go <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well she was explaining that you can't do that or you'll die. Yes. Yep. I do know that. So it's just kind of funny that I today know that because my husband Yeah. And <laughs> You know, falling in cold water is another one of those survival situations that he he's prepared for. He knows the science behind. Yeah, <laughs> he's prepared to go into that ice and survive. This woman does it for fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. The only difference is my husband would encourage staying out of that situation, yes. whereas some people willingly enter it. Yes, I don't understand. That's pretty cool, though, and. When you said nerve damage, I honestly was like, oh, it's like an ice bath. That's probably very helpful for her. Though I think I probably would have been like, Mm -hmm. what a nice ice bath. I think this is probably good for me. (laughs) I think I'm good. I think (laughs) did my 20 minutes. I don't don't know if I want to be under there with like seals and orca whales. She's like explaining how (laughs) she's explaining how if she does something wrong, she's going to go into cardiac arrest. (laughs) And I was just like... You know, some people are made of different stuff because yeah. my pool's currently 80 like degrees. Yeah, like Norwegians. <laughs> we have any Norweeds <laughs> listen to Norweeds <laughs> show? Just, you could leave us a voicemail. I missed an opportunity to be gone to to be referred to as Norweeds. <laughs> you know something that's really bothered me lately? A gap Regions. in my <laughs> Oh no. Okay, anyway. There's a gap in my historical knowledge, um, and it's that I feel that I don't know enough about the Vikings or Mm -hmm. anything that hasn't been largely shaped by some horrible TV show that I saw a commercial for. (laughs) You know, like, I feel I (laughs) my kids actually know this because this actually keeps coming up in my life. Like we were at a used bookstore and there was this whole section of magazines on Vikings. And I like my kids were like, oh, mom, like you should get some. You said you didn't know enough about Vikings. And um, Viking is actually a verb. Like you go a Viking. Mm -hmm. So like when I found that out, I was like, I know nothing. I need to know so much more. The one thing I know about Vikings is that they were saved by Christianity. Yes. (laughs) And they were monsters before that and that's actually why i want to know (laughs) i want to know that story if you're listening to this and you know that story Mm -hmm. please send me a very long voicemail email or links to if you're a viking scholar if you're now's your moment you've been waiting i'm listening you have a very prepped audience right here does your dad know about vikings (sighs) Probably. <laughs> we should have him on. How annoying. To talk about Vikings. Of course he does. <laughs> there, I'm sure if... I think we need to have him on soon yeah. to tell another story. I do too. Um, Just because I would like him to do that. But also, yeah. I know he's going to be traveling a lot after the summer. So... That's true. That's true. Maybe we can make that happen. 
I mean, he still kind of travels in general. So. You know what? He's he's home for like the next three months. So now's the time. Got to do it. Yeah. We got to do it this summer. Yeah. Okay. So again, if that's you know on me, the books now. Just so you guys, know. we just planned it. Um, <laughs> texting him right now, and also I hope you're texting me right now if you know about Vikings. Um, leave me a voicemail at four seven zero. If you think you know more <laughs> than James White, please. Maybe we'll have you on. Yeah, you can come on and give us a history of the Vikings because I kn- that is the one thing I really know about them too, is that they were total barbarians. Yeah. And then the Christians came. Which is interesting because if you were public schooled, you have a very specific education given to you about barbaric Mm -hmm. groups of people that were colonized. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. You mean they were converted from (laughs) godless. You mean when the (laughs) barbarians. You mean when the Catholics showed up on the sandy beaches and saw the people sacrificing all the women and children and tearing them apart. And they were like, maybe you guys should be Christians instead. Not that was a bad, not affirming (laughs) summer. Was that a bad idea? Not affirming. I can't believe. Who are we to judge? (laughs) You know, they found those skulls recently. Those Aztec skulls, like graveyards, thousands of skulls of women and children that all had all been bashed by something similar Ugh. to like a hammer. And it was like all in sacrifice to their gods or whatever. Yeah. And our kids are being taught that it's so mean that we took away their religion. <laughs> you idiots. We've lost it. Anyway. Um, we really covered a spectrum of topics right there. I'm proud of us. <laughs> Or should we be fired? Um, so leave us a voicemail. You can cast a vote at 470-465-0475. I'm hoping we get at least a few Trump, you're fired impressions. <laughs> if you've... No. Oh, man. Okay. There's going to be a different gif you have to leave if you make it to the end of the episode. I'm not telling you. No fast forwarding. I'm taking away that privilege on this episode. <laughs> I'm going to email... Spotify and Apple and be like, don't you fire let them. us when we tell you you're allowed to fire us. <laughs> Do not let them fast forward this episode. They're just going to get the gif and post it anyway. Um, what are we talking about today? So this was my was it's not my episode. It's our episode. But this was an idea I had. Yeah. Um, and well, <laughs> There's not a, there's really no segue or anything. So okay. mm-hmm. we'll just get into it. Yeah. We've talked recently um, about this. Mm-hmm. And then just pretty much all through the history of Sheologians, we've covered the topic um, of sexual assault or rape. And we've kind of talked about it in a few different ways. Yeah. Um, we have one specific episode that's been, that's like where we really, really address it. Um, and that's a great episode. I would definitely recommend that episode as a good, a great resource. But, um, and then I think most recently we talked about, I did me too for my feminist true crime, but it's something that comes up a lot just because feminism and rape culture and, um even just feminism our current culture and sexuality comes up a lot on sheologians and so i didn't want to do an the the idea was not let's do an episode on sexual assault basically this episode is just an opportunity for summer and i to clarify anything in our position Mm. on this topic it doesn't mean we're going to cover everything like i said that's really why i recommend that previous episode um it is basically and it's not um it's not uh, it's not us trying to uh we're not trying to step in and anticipate what people are going to say it's I my intention in recommending this was not that we even have this conversation for people that disagree with us. 
Um, it's really is just an honest conversation about any clarification we would like to give mm. on our position mm-hmm. on sexual assault. So I, and it, that's because that's not because we are tired of having the conversation. We're tired of people, um, arguing about this. I don't even know that that's happening. That's not why this is for the sake of clarity for the sake of our show. Mm-hmm. Cause this is a topic that we're not going to be, that we're going to continue to cover this topic in some way, shape or form as we move forward, uh, probably forever. <laughs> um, and so this is kind of mm-hmm. just, there's stuff that I think about this topic that I have not expressed. And so let's just be super clear and how the, I mean, this basically this episode is meant to stand as a resource as okay. well. Um, but yeah, it's not for anyone except for our, I guess our body of work. <laughs> yeah. So I believe that rapists deserve the death penalty. And the conversation I've been having a lot um, lately or that I've been not having, but seeing a lot lately because of all the, I think, f- fake leaked Right. Blah, blah, blah. Roe versus Wade documents in the Supreme Court. Well, they were leaked, but I think that was... Anyway. Um, uh, most people, m- even some Christians, believe in the death penalty for the child of a rapist. So most people would say, if a woman is raped, you can dole out the death penalty to the... If there's a child that is conceived in rape... They can be murdered. Um, I believe that it is a sin to punish a child for the crimes of his or her father. Um, But the reason I believe that a rapist should be put to death is because God's punishment for the murderer and the rapist was the same. Both should be put to death. Uh, So if you are guilty of murder and can be convicted on... Uh, witness one or two to three independent lines of witness, then I believe you deserve the death penalty. Agreed. Um, yeah. I mean, a part of what I would like to clarify is that we understand that um, I absolutely understand that there is major reform needed in our current justice system, but I don't think um, God gave his law to a world that he was aware of being Mm. sinful. Yeah. I don't think there was ever, uh, there was ne there was never going to be a justice system where we didn't have to trust and rely on God Mm. for justice because really it comes from him ultimately. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I I don't think that we should alter the definition of justice or alter the law or case law that God has given us simply because we feel as though it's not working 100% of the time. Correct. So whether or not the current system you live under is working doesn't change what is good and just and what ought to be pursued. I think a major thing that Christians need to believe and recapture uh, because we grew up in a culture that believes the opposite of this, but ultimately the point, the focus of God's law in terms of crime and punishment was on making the victim whole. It's not about making the perpetrator sorry. Right. Or rehabilitated right it's about making the victim whole so if you steal my tv uh in our system i could 
come after you and you could go to jail. And what's going to happen is I'm going to be stolen from twice. I'm not going to have a TV. And now my paycheck is going to have to pay for your food, clothing and shelter. So now Uh, I'm now your TV and now your TV. (laughs) So in God's law, you would have to replace my TV um, and in some cases, give me an even better TV than the one that you stole. Right. So replay, repay with interest, mm-hmm. depending on the, the situation. The yeah. situation. Um, and so uh, because we focus more on the perpetrator and what's right for him or her, I think we've completely lost the fo- what the focus of the law is. Yeah. The law is for the protection of the innocent and the punishment of the guilty, not the, uh, <laughs> you know, it's so sad to me whenever I hear like parole hearings or stuff like that. The focus is like, are you sorry? Did you learn your lesson? Like we are such a matriarchal pathetic society where it's like, we're wagging our finger in their noses and we're like, do you feel bad enough for me to let you go? (laughs) It's like, no, no, there's crime, there's punishment. And the focus of the punishment is supposed to be, that the innocent, the injured innocent party has been repaid. Right. Um, and so that's problem number one, I think, with what we think of when we think of the law and what is right when it comes to uh, how to deal with sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. And number two is that you and I believe, and the Bible teaches, that ultimately no one escapes judgment. Right. And so I believe that most people in our society without realizing it if they were asked which is better to let one guilty man go free or to punish and jail 10 innocent men they would say punish and jail 10 innocent men whether they realize it or not they're the steps along the way that they would take would lead to conclusion yes, of their yeah of their arguments and their position on law and justice it, the worst crime is letting a guilty man go free because in a godless worldview, there is no judgment coming. There right. is no final punishment coming. Mm-hmm. But in God's law, now, it, were the punishments strict? Mm-hmm. Yes. Most people think that the death penalty is very harsh. But in God's law, if you could not be convicted on the evidence of two or three witnesses then you would go free. And And if it was found out that you were attempting to be falsely convicted, the person who accused you falsely would receive the punishment that would have been given to you. If you lied essentially in court, you would receive the punishment of if what you said was true. (laughs) Right. Um, So that was very important. But ultimately we have to be okay with the fact that God's law does leave a back door open because it is a major crime to make an innocent man p- be punished. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not to even accept accusations. We're not even to accept or hear an accusation without two or three witnesses. That's how serious it is. Um, and the guilty, there is a back door for them to escape, which is if there's not enough witnesses. Yeah. But ultimately, we don't believe there is true escape from your sin. No. And so it makes it makes sense to me that unbelievers would have this idea of essentially creating a justice system where those who are guilty need to receive their rehabilitation through the justice system because there is no sin, salvation, Christ, final punishment, all of that makes perfect sense. So all that to say, when it comes to sexual assault, I think one thing that comes up a lot, and this is kind of what started the conversation for us, was because it's something you said in your Me Too, which was essentially how important it is to report. Right. Because if you wait a decade, I mean, if you wait 10 days... Yeah. If you wait to report a sexual assault or a rape, you're losing evidence. Mm-hmm. And it is so essential. You must have evidence. Right. Uh, you must have two or three independent lines of witness in order for earthly justice to be served. 
And we don't tell people that anymore. Right. Um, and I, I think it's important to highlight that um, God gave his law because he wants justice to happen here on this earth. Yeah. Um, you can't escape justice. Ultimately. <laughs> Ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he wants <clears throat> there to be order here mm-hmm. and not chaos. And um, he is very clear in scripture that um, mm-hmm. the innocent party is clearly innocent. Mm-hmm. He, uh, the words without shame mm-hmm. come up. And because the innocent party is without shame and not legally guilty, she should cry out. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to make it clear that crying out or not crying out is not a measure of guilt. Mm. That is not, that is not um, in a legal sense. You can't go into a courtroom and be like, well, she didn't say anything. So, but the, the logical progression is that you, if you are innocent and being brutalized and need help Mm -hmm. that you can without shame cry out and not be seen as guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, I want to be very clear that I'm not, um, I'm not saying that crying out is the measure of whether or not someone is consenting or not. Um, and to that, I would just have to say the whole without shame thing. Uh, I understand the concept. I understand what, uh, being brutalized in that way how it can make you feel Mm -hmm. um and i think that most people would describe that as a shameful feeling yeah and what i have to say my position on this is that if god says you're without shame do not lie to yourself Mm -hmm. and tell yourself that you are with shame right yeah it's not that that's like so simple. It's right. not that that removes that this is embarrassing. It's horrible. Right. It, it's not that that makes it easy to talk about, but you still are required to live in light of what God has said about you. Right. And, and especially, and regardless of what happens, the Christian and no one, gets a free path. No one will stand before God and say, well, wait a minute. I can explain Mm. why I did all that stuff. I can explain what happened. I can explain why I was your enemy and why I sinned Mm -hmm. and was offensive toward a holy God. Mm -hmm. Um, That won't be an option. Mm -hmm. Um, At that moment, there will either be, <laughs> um mm-hmm. you either fall you fall under <laughs> mm-hmm. the blood of Christ and your sins have been paid for mm-hmm. or they're not and you will receive that ultimate justice that well, we were talking about and earlier. It's so upside down to me. So many people that get this wrong, so many people that encourage silence if you're yeah. not ready. You know, their whole banner right now is like God told us to seek justice. God told us to seek justice and they're totally willing to seek justice when they think what justice means is like, uh, you know, uh, oppression and racial issues and all this stuff. They're like, God says we're to seek justice. So I can do this. This is what I'm going to do. This is my banner. But then for some reason, when it comes to sexual assault and sexual abuse, they'll tell victims like, it's okay that you, you know, report when you're ready. Right. And the thing that we see in, God's law, specifically in Deuteronomy 22, is a a responsibility to use your voice mm-hmm. righteously. And this might feel like an aside, but um, I thought this was actually really important and super interesting that the chapter actually starts with this really cool <laughs> principle. It says, you shall not, I love this, you shall not see your countryman's ox or his sheep straying away and avoid them. You shall certainly bring them back to your countrymen. And if your countryman is not near you, or if you don't know him, you shall bring it to your house and it shall remain with you until your countryman looks for it. Then you shall restore it to him. So, and then it goes on to say like, 
you'll do this with any of his belongings. If you see his clothes, if you see his donkey, if you see any of his lost property, if you find it, you're not allowed. It says you are not allowed to avoid them. You will take care of them until he comes and gets them or you will return them to him yourself. And so what I thought was really interesting is just the principle here. Now, most of us have never seen anybody's donkey walking around, but it says lost property, whatever, any of his belongings. The principle here is that you act when you see something you are required there's an action required of you when there's something wrong happening there's an action required of you uh even if it's something like a lost coat and if you know if if you see something wrong like if you are sexually assaulted or abused you are responsible for yeah. for doing something. It doesn't mean you're responsible for that it, thing that happened. Right. It doesn't mean you're responsible that it happened. It doesn't mean that you get you uh, you're responsible for what happens in the court system or uh, th- that's not what it means. You are responsible to do something, and it's very clear at the end of the chapter because the end of this chapter deals with exactly what's to ha- what you're to do. Um. You are required to do something. And we have so many Christians these days that tell women that it's totally fine, um, you know, say something to do it when they're ready and things like that. And the thing is, is that justice can't can't be pursued. Real meaningful justice is almost impossible to pursue if you wait. Mm-hmm. And that leaves more people vulnerable. Yeah. And we, I'm not saying that. I say that understanding that sometimes bad men get away with things. Yeah. I say that completely understanding that mm-hmm. and knowing that. But that doesn't change that you are still required to do something. Right. When you are sinned against, you still have responsibility. And that's that's what I mean by saying you can, like, wh- when you stand before God... Yeah. You are responsible. Either someone <clears throat> took your sin for you, either Jesus took your sin for you mm-hmm. or they didn't. Um, but you, we are in charge of our, our actions and God in his word. I mean, what is the word? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not only this, but it is a, it is commands mm-hmm. of how we're to behave and how to be holy mm-hmm. um, and how to be obedient Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, I want to, something I want to make clear is that when I say that, when we say that it's the responsibility of the woman to cry out and we should encourage women to cry out, I am not suggesting that we go back in time mm. and relitigate a bunch of things, um, that can't be proven. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, Uh, Many long past events don't, there is no evidence. Right. There's no no criminal action you can pursue at that point. Um, And that's another just misconception. People, women are, we're living outside of reality. If we think that we, we can, uh, let me just say this more innocent people. It is less, it is harder. There is more ambiguity determining whether someone is guilty or innocent the less physical evidence there is right the less independent lines of testimony which is included in evidence is included in that um so what i'm saying when when you hear me in an episode say cry out and this is what we need to be telling women what i'm saying is from now on we're not buying the sham of Mm. wait till you feel like it. I'm not, I'm not talking. If something happened to you who is listening right now and you're like, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. My message is Mm -hmm. let's do it different now. Yeah. You let your advice to your children look different. Right. Let your belief system look different. Right. And we don't, um, we don't, I think a lot of it has to do with hurting people's feelings mm. because what effectively what I'm saying is you mm. did it wrong. Mm. And when you are the victim of something so horrifying, it can really hurt to hear yeah. 
you did it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a right way. There is a way that veers towards mm-hmm. our responsibility, mm-hmm. um, especially when that responsibility, one of the practical side effects of that responsibility is that that person, not only that you're made whole, mm-hmm. but you can stop that from happening to other people. And that's yeah. not victim blaming, but that's what we call it. We label yeah. it as hurtful, adding additional injury yeah. to this to this mark that's already been made on me. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There has not been a mark made on you. God says you're without shame. Mm. Right. So when it comes to justice, legal, actual justice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, this is not, um, we, we do not need to, we don't need to engage in the fear of hurting someone's feelings and avoid saying the right thing. Yeah. Uh, that is not a switch yeah. that we should be making. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not how you disciple people mm-hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. And that is not how you change mm-hmm. an evil, sinful culture. Um, you have to be able. And and I, I believe that God made us and I believe that women are pretty tough, honestly. Um, and so I think that some of the times when we engage in lies and false reality to preserve the feelings of women. I think that's kind of a cop out a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think that, uh, I think that I not, I guess another to move on to another point. I do think that, um, uh, just because you experienced something that didn't receive legal justice, uh, doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's mm. not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not saying that you can never bring it up. But I do think that you're responsible. You were talking about not even hearing an accusation earlier. Mm-hmm. And so I think that means we need to be careful with our accusations, not just so that we aren't accidentally condemning innocent people, mm. but we also need to be careful with our accusations because we are involving Mm. another party Mm. whoever we talk to this about we are involving them now i'm also not saying that if someone comes to you and says hey like this thing happened to me when i was younger or whatever i'm not saying they need to prove it to you right no (laughs) but i'm saying there is an appropriate way to talk about the undeniable emotional uh things that come out of this having happened to you at any point. Sure. Um, And so we need to be mindful that there is an appropriate way Mm. to discuss it. Mm. Um, There, I think that discussing it in a way as though it is an ever open wound that will never heal Mm. is wrong. Yeah. Um, I think, I think um, obviously I think if you are able if you have evidence and you are able to prove that the party is guilty before a court of law, I don't think it's appropriate that you discuss it on social media instead. Right. Um, I think you discuss it with the court of law. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I give those examples to show that there undeniably is an appropriate way yeah. to discuss this. And that, again, is the responsibility of the person that it happened to. Right. Um, and I hope that 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 example proves to show that principle stands to show that mm-hmm. principle as well, yeah. which is that just because something horrible happened to you, just because sin happened against you, really, really egregious sin happened against you does not mean that you suddenly have a free pass mm-hmm. to behave however mm-hmm. you want. Right. Well, and I think it's important to remember that the scripture makes a distinction between someone who cries out and someone who doesn't. So in Deuteronomy 23 through 28, you kind of have those breakdowns of, you know, if a woman is now, if a man and a woman engage in adultery, that's punishable Mm -hmm. by death. And if a man rapes a woman, that is punishable by death. And it even says there is no sin in the girl worthy of death. Um, This is not, 
this is not on her. Mm-hmm. It's not her fault that there was no one there to help her. Right. She will not be treated as though she is guilty. And I think we just don't tell women that enough, maybe. No, um, what we tell them is that they will be treated as right. guilty. Right. What we tell them is yeah. no one will believe you. Right. Everyone will think you asked for it. Yeah. Um, a huge breakdown in this whole thing mm-hmm. um, is not only do we require major reform in our justice system, mm-hmm. but our culture is majorly broken yeah. when it comes to any form uh, of like, sexuality. It's, it's victim culture. Mm-hmm. They're, you're right. They tell, they, they tell women, this is, here's all the horrible things that are going to happen to you if you do the right thing. And it's like, wow, way to silence women, (laughs) way to encourage women to use their voice. A part of what the actual right thing to do is um, not engage in adultery, which includes premarital sex. So keep that in mind when they tell you, Mm -hmm. when they tell you no one will believe you, keep in mind that there are fundamental sexual ethics that they also don't agree with. Right, right. It's a problem. Well, we should not. We do. There is not (laughs) because of that. You're lacking. Like there is way less crossover Mm -hmm. (laughs) than what most of us think there is. Mm -hmm. We are so broken. Mm -hmm. We do not need to be list. I would venture to say nothing. (laughs) You don't need to listen to anything regarding sexual ethic from someone who does not believe in sin. Right. From someone who believes you can murder your baby, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not really concerned about your sexual ethic. You have a fundamentally different foundation. You just pointed out in and the verse we're referencing this entire episode Mm -hmm. is is directly paired Mm -hmm. with a verse about sexual immorality. Yeah. The punishment of which is death. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, is it true that here and here's the deal is that people bring up the failure or the sin surrounding this issue all the time. They'll point and say, "Well, look what happened in this situation. Look what happened in this situation." And it's like that is not an argument against doing what is right. Failed right. situation failed justice is not a reason to not pursue justice. That's essentially what you're being told. Well, this person was called a liar. So I don't want to be called a liar. So I'm not going to do the right thing is not pursuing justice or faithfulness. And again, it's this is not me saying it's so easy, but in every area of your life, you need to be doing you need to be willing to do the right thing, regardless of what anybody else says to you. This is well, if all your friends jumped off our bridge, would you? I mean, I have this conversation with my kids all the time. I know it's hard, but you still have to do the right thing. And if you're unwilling to, and you know, I think a lot of Christians want to teach their kids that we look at, we study the martyrs and we study missionaries and we study our heroes of the faith. Right. We know the right answer. They were all faced with horrible consequences. The apostles, all except one, were brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. And they knew that was likely to happen, but they did the right thing anyway. But then for some reason we get to this topic and we're like, oh, well, it's too hard to do the right I thing. I can't, I can't, it's not going to make a difference if I do the right thing. That's, every, that's, a that's lie. fake reality. <laughs> that's a lie. Every there is time, only one reality. That's right. Every time <laughs> you do the right thing, it makes a difference. Right. Uh, whether you see it in the moment or whether you get the result that you want, every time you obey God a difference is made and it might not look like what you want it to look like. But if you're serious about, you know, criminal justice system reform, it's not going to happen when you continue not doing the right thing. Right. And so, like you said earlier, I think the question that might come up for someone is like, we is okay. Well, what do I do? I didn't report. It's been 20 years. What do I do? And that's a conversation for you to have with your pastor Mm-hmm. Um, that's a conversation for you to have with your father, your husband. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that because 
Well, I don't if, know. Right. If it's an, and if it's an issue of support, that's one thing. But just know that talk therapy does not achieve justice. Right. Talk therapy, for lack of a better word, can be incredibly helpful. Just as I think fellowship, I think having yeah. support is incredibly, I would, it's not just incredibly helpful. It's necessary. It's yeah. necessary because this is not this is not something that women walk away from unscathed. The fact that God prescribed the death penalty for it is evidence of that. The fact mm-hmm. that to make the victim whole, someone must lose their life. An image bearer must lose their life. I'm pretty sure that hits the nail on the head as far as... How serious? Yeah. What does this do to a person? What is the consequence here? Yeah. So I think it's absolutely vital for you to have support. Yeah. I think it's vital for you to talk about it appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does not equate. You don't, you are not on an individual mission to find justice mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just you don't make justice happen. Mm-hmm. That's not how God... Right. That's not how God set it into motion. That's not right. how he does it. Right. You pursue obedience. And when it comes to issues like the court and what is actually what actually happens to the perpetrator as a result, you can trust that to God. You right. pursue justice and trust God. Right. Because honestly, right now, we, well, we said at the very top of the episode, we think that rapists deserve death. But you know what? Um, we're also encouraging you to go to the court. And I know that if you if someone was assaulted yesterday, went to the court um, and try and attempted to prosecute their rapist, mm-hmm. um, they would not be put to death. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know that. That hasn't happened since the 1970s. Yeah, it's been a long time. You can be put to death for treason in this country still, but not for rape. Yeah, it's it's pretty pathetic. And I would still say you still pursue to go forward justice you to st- cry out. Yes. You do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time. And I think, you know, the whole law just points to, I mean, over and over and over where to do the right thing, regardless of if we know the outcome, uh, where it's, it's never to guarantee an outcome. Right. So right. even you are to behave righteously, even if you don't know, and everything is towards the preservation of life, the preservation mm-hmm. of your neighbor's life. They're good. They're good name. That's why if you falsely accused someone of rape and it was found out, you would receive the punishment, i.e. capital punishment, right. because preserving someone's life, part of preserving someone's life is preserving their name. When you attack someone's name, you're attacking them as mm-hmm. a person. You're attacking their ability to do business and to trade and to hold offices and to yep. all kinds of things. Attacking someone's name is very serious. I know we talked about this. And we talked about what's required of us and under the ninth commandment. Um, so, yeah, God takes it all very seriously. And it is so interesting to me how quickly we've kind of adopted the world's idea of how to talk about these things, how to help victims, uh, how to view, even just view sexual morality when it's all already written for us in scripture. Um, and it's, it's so what, what is in scripture is so much better than what the world is offering anyway. Right. Like just so much better. But even if, again, you know that what comes from the world is just someone's subjective opinion. Yes. Right. And it's failing. It's failing horribly. And I, I do, I know how passionate you are about telling women like, no, don't wait to report. Right. Don't wait. And again, I just think it's a huge blind spot that we encourage people to not necessarily do the right thing right away where we would never do that in any other area of Christian ethics. But when it comes to this one, which has such serious consequences and we totally muddle it all up and get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and we do, we kind of buy that we're just going to hurt people's feelings or things like that. And it's like, man, we know this is a touchy subject and we know that it's tough, but what God has said is clear and we are not, skipping the part where we totally believe that if you are a Christian and you have repented and turned from your sin, that you don't, if you are right with God, you are right with God. We're not trying to relitigate something you did or didn't do. Right. Um, that's, 
not any of our business, but how silly would it be to know the right answer, but continue wrongly? Yeah. Just because you feel as though the right answer would hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. And so my point is, is it's not it. It's about now. Mm -hmm. If we need to, if at some point someone needs to come in and say, Hey, let's stop doing that thing yeah. that's hurting people, leaving women victimized. Um, more women are being hurt. Mm-hmm. If there comes a time when we just need to say, hey, that was wrong. And I know people are going to feel some type of way about it because I am yeah. I know they're going to feel about how like they're going to have feelings about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But we need to from this point on mm-hmm. realize our error. Mm-hmm. Coll- if you if we all need to do it collectively as a culture, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And start giving people advice that actually leads towards real justice that can be objectively quantified instead of just some subjective concept that can change and is based off of what I'm feeling or based off of my beliefs that were instilled to me back going back to the enlightenment, you know what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this is, um, there comes a moment where if, if, And I guess if that person (laughs) has to be me, if I'm one of those people Mm -hmm. that's I'm willing to do it, Mm -hmm. we have gotten this so wrong. And I understand the raw emotions and feelings Mm -hmm. surrounding this. But at some point, if something is wrong, Mm -hmm. we need to be able to say, let's do it right from this moment on. Yeah. Why continue in this? Yeah. Why continue in this just to spare Mm -hmm. feelings when the intention is to to (laughs) to uh improve this situation moving forward Mm -hmm. because there are very there are a lot of um very practical benefits uh (laughs) for society when it comes to properly Mm -hmm. uh done justice Mm -hmm. uh this is what you see when you see proper justice being done you see a healthy uh, healthy and whole Mm-hmm. Healthy, healthy, that's a new um, word. <laughs> healthy society, yeah, uh, aka God fearing society, yeah. Um, because we're not just making up what justice is. Uh, because if you can make up what justice is, then you can make up what violating justice is, which means you could make the case that maybe it was an assault, right? It's not. Right. It's not a. It, it's an. It's a narrative that is protecting. The culture is trying to protect itself. Right. It's not looking to protect you. Right. Um, I don't know if I want to say this point. The next point I had, I only have two more that I wanted. Oh, I I was just going to say, here's my last thought that I think is really important in this conversation. Um, You, if you are a parent, your kids need to know that you will listen to them. I'm so sorry. I thought I muted that. <laughs> I didn't. Um, your kids need to know that you will listen to them and that you are just. Um, they need to know that. They need to see you practicing it in your home. They need to see that you take sin seriously, that you deal with it swiftly and promptly, that you are not lackadaisical about justice in your own home and that you give a fair hearing because a lot of times I think kids especially are vulnerable to not reporting because they they think mom or dad might not believe them might not listen to them might be upset and so how you react to your kids on a daily basis is going to create an environment where they feel listened to and they feel able to be I mean, to tell you something that's really hard to tell you. I mean, it's hard right, to tell someone that. Well, and in this very specific instance, it's very possible that they have been instructed not to say anything. Right. So they need to know that. Yeah, they need to. So and I'm just saying your day to day life is the place where you will cultivate that. Right. It's not just a one time conversation about if someone's doing something inappropriate. Right. That's also a conversation you should have. That's a great conversation <laughs> to have, but it needs to be, I know that my mom and my dad take sin seriously. They address it swiftly. They are fair. They listen. They do not overreact. They do mm-hmm. not freak out. 
I can trust them with my difficult emotions. And that's, that is the stuff you teach them when you, how you respond when they drop their dinner on the ground. That's yeah. the stuff you teach them when they load the dishwasher wrong, mm-hmm. quote unquote wrong. That's the stuff you teach them when you lose your temper or you don't lose your temper. That's the right. stuff you teach them when they know that uh, with little Timmy, this is the consequence. And with little Sarah, it's the same consequence. We're not double-minded. We don't have double standards. Um, they need to see that. They need to see that in your home uh, so that the, you want this to be as easy as possible because it's going to be really hard. You want it to be as easy as possible for your kids to come to you. And this is something that you will teach them every day. Right. You'll teach them every day whether they can come to you or and not. And that's with their sin and sin done against them. Yes. Every time. Yep. Okay. So I'm not, I have two more because I didn't want to end on this next one. Oh. And it's meant to lead to more of a conversation and I hope it doesn't seem cruel, but, um, Oh, what's about to happen? Um, rapists, uh, can be saved. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and so, Definitely what I'm not saying is that they're no longer guilty of that mm-hmm. um, in an earthly sense. And if for some reason they have escaped earthly justice, I think they should seek earthly justice mm-hmm. on behalf of their Victim. victims. Yes. Um, and Remember would- Paul said in the book of Acts, he said to the Roman authorities, if I have done anything deserving to death of death, I will accept the punishment. Yeah. That is the... That is the hallmark of a repentant believer who is also living under the law. Right. And so I feel the need to bring this up because it points to the objective standard that Mm. we abide by and not the subjective standard that our culture goes by. Mm -hmm. Because um, this is a very weird, unforgivable slash forgivable, depending on who you are, sin Mm. in our culture. Um, And yeah, let's just say that we have celebrated politicians like Harvey Milk who were child rapists Mm -hmm. who to this day are celebrated like kids in public schools celebrate Harvey Milk Day. Right. He was a child rapist. So, yeah, there are definitely rapists in our larger culture that you're not allowed to condemn right. because they fall under a certain protected category, which right. is disgusting. Right. And so um, both of the things that we just said are true. And it's really important that you understand um, objectively uh, which person is guilty under the law, which person uh, is guilty before God. Um we have a standard for this Mm. um, and it might be painful to think that someone that violated you could be saved. So not only is that something you could consider working through, (laughs) but it's totally in a, it totally aligns uh, with what we know from scripture. Yeah. And um, it's just something that I feel like I need to say in order to confront the weird arbitrary standard for, of guilt that we have mm. um, in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, that shouldn't be controversial. Right. But I the just gospel is, yeah. is scandalous. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I get it. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it should be so. Right. Uh, and I, if I'm being honest, there was probably a pretty large portion of my life where if it had been up to me, sure, it would not have been so. Right. Um, but I do, I wanted to bring it up just because, I mean, we don't even, in our, our culture doesn't even apply the same, same standard for murderers. Mm-mm. This is a very particular, mm-hmm. particularly unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is used, mm-hmm. it's used as a weapon, yeah. I think a lot of times by feminism. Well, and why? Which means they don't really care about you. You're just being used to yeah. further their agenda. Well, I mean, if we all can hearken back to the first time we ever heard of Rachel Denhollander, it was because she got to speak 
to the man who sexually abused her and give him the gospel. And that was what that was. That was all over mainstream news Mm -hmm. because it's it was scandalous. It was amazing that this woman wanted to give the gospel to somebody who had sexually abused her, but that the gospel is for sinners. Right. And he needed to hear it. And that was right. That was what was so powerful about. And that's how powerful God is. God can save you from the sin that he also condemned you to death for. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then the very last thing that I wanted to say is more less than a thought. Hmm. Well, it's a thought, but it translates into advice. Um, You cannot, uh, I would say, how do I want to say this? Don't paint yourself as a tender heart that thinks that women should share their experience in their own time and then um, demand a trauma resume from someone who doesn't agree with you. Oh, that's a good one. The trauma resume. Yeah. And this stands for a lot of things. Yeah. But I do think um, Mm -hmm. specifically we have a very weird, Mm -hmm. um, And I'm not saying that everyone, (laughs) yeah, Um, I'm just saying that if you find yourself doing this, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't, just because someone hasn't shared with you Mm. their experience and they disagree with you does Mm. not mean they have not shared your experience. And actually, in matters of truth, it does not matter if they have shared your experience. Um, I had someone, so because the abortion debate, it's not a debate, but because the, the discussion of abortion is popping right now, I saw someone yesterday, you know, one of the arguments is that, uh, you're not pro-life unless you're paying for everyone's childcare, whatever. And this lady was saying, you know, can, can, can anybody out here tell me I've even one person in the church who the church has, you know, after they've been abandoned by the deadbeat dad and all this stuff, the church is actually taking care of them. Oh, I could probably name quite a few churches. That have done that. And what I loved was all the responses of women saying, I was abandoned. I was a widow. Right. I had kids. I had no income. I was in debt. The church took care of me. But, that's what she wanted. She wanted, she needed to have trauma resumes right? in order to stop arguing for murdering children. Right. If you had <laughs> gone through what I had gone through, you would realize that you right. can also murder people. Right. Yeah, I know. It's really, it's really something that we do without thinking. We think right. if this person hasn't experienced this thing, they can't speak on it. Or we also think if this person doesn't think the way I do about this thing, they haven't experienced it. Right. Like me. Right. And that's just not true because you are not the standard. Right. That's born. That's just born from a stand from a culture that thinks we are the standard that collectively, right. but also individually. Yeah. And yeah. so again, just on the, I think maybe the theme of this entire episode is just, uh, mm-hmm. do not handle this topic like the culture like the world does yeah because they're getting it wrong (laughs) and they don't they don't care about victims Mm -mm. they don't they're no they're they're giving their best shot Mm -hmm. and uh i would like to point out that the longer we give it our best shot the worse things are going yeah because without god there is no justice yes and the breakdown happens pretty quickly after uh, pretty much any form of sexual immorality. I'm just going to say, right. It doesn't have anything to do with rape culture, the patriarchy. It has to do with the blurring of the lines of what is okay. Sexually. Yeah. That's how we're here. Absolutely. The law of God was took marriage so seriously that when we read things like Deuteronomy 22, there's parts of it that we aren't even comfortable right. with right. because it's holding marriage and the sexual ethic of marriage in such a high standard 
that we can read some of these laws and think like, oh, that's so intense or whatever. It's so foreign to us. The idea that if a woman didn't cry out while engaging in sex with a man, it implied that she was consenting. Right. That was that world. Yeah. And it wasn't wrong. All right. Um, well, we can't say everything there is to say. Yeah. Again, I really, I, I don't know. I don't, I felt this would be helpful. Again, not to combat any, mm-hmm. just for us. It's mm-hmm. really just if you have, if you have, if you viewed our, any of our episodes where we talked about this as a resource, mm-hmm. this is just a further resource. Sure. It's not a weapon. It's not. No. It's just. I want to challenge, especially moms, to think differently on this topic. Yeah. Because it's so important that we, like I was talking about, our daughters can talk to us. They know that they are required. Right. To talk to us. Um, this I is just, a hard truth that hits many. Yeah. Many subjects. The next generation needs. The next generation of women we we cannot we can no longer keep telling them it's okay not to report right um and it's so important that we have a biblical basis for that and that we be parents that they trust and that they know are just and fair and will listen to them and um that's what's most important for me well and i sorry but i pointed it out in the me too episode but um, does it surprise you that the media people that are telling you that no one will believe you if you report are also the people that are doing it? Yeah. People who tell you to not report mm-hmm. your assault mm-hmm. are grooming you to be assaulted. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and get away with it. Don't listen to them. All right. You can leave a voicemail. Sorry. No good way to end an episode like this. 470-465-0475. And we will see you next week. See ya. Well, Reverend, Reverend, please come quick. Because I got something to admit. I met a man I... Thanks.